you get very qualified um, lawyers or claims handlers handling claims that are not really significant in terms of value, then we are making the argument that that is not an appropriate use of their time. So we are saying, let us automate all the processes for the simpler claims. Welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted, the show dedicated to innovation in the insurance industry. Each episode, you'll get a dose of thought leadership from the industry's top business minds, influencers, innovators, and executive leaders. If you want to transform your corner of the industry and exchange innovative ideas, you need to subscribe to this podcast. Now here's your host, Abel Travis. Hey everyone, welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast dedicated to insurance innovation. So, you know, I am going to jump right into this episode and it's it's really interesting just in regards to uh, who I'm speaking to today. Um, and it's someone that's representing the European and also both uh, the African region. So, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I always say that innovation has been happening all over the world. And I mean, it's not only being led in the domestic markets here in the U.S., but it's being led by individuals and by organizations that are innovating this industry globally. So, you know, I love to get the perspectives of everyone that's helping to innovate and drive change in this great industry. So before we jump into this episode, episode of the podcast, I want to recognize the sponsor, and that's Vortex Legal. Innovation in the insurance field is exciting, and Vortex Legal is a unique and proven solution to help improve a company's loss ratio by substantially reducing legal expenses. Their nationwide network of local attorneys attend the voluminous and routine and predictable hearings for a flat rate, not an hourly rate. So Vortex Legal's solution works with both staff counsel offices as well as outside law firms. They've saved many characters millions of dollars. So if you want to learn more, just contact Jonathan Broder at 954-473-2648 or visit vortexlegal.com. So today I'm speaking with Kingsley Qualler, the founder at Still Fresh Recoveries, a marine transport cargo claims recovery specialist focused on Africa. Kingsley is also the founder of Optimiz, a platform designed to make the claims process smarter. Kingsley, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here this morning. Thank you very much, Neville. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with me. Hey, uh, so so Kingsley, you know, but before we jump into what you're doing with your organizations, you know, you for, you are from the the legal industry, you know, and you've transitioned into innovating the insurance space. So so talk to me about your background and your history in legal, and then what caused you to want to transition to innovating insurance. Uh, th- thank you for that question. So, um, interestingly, I, I joined the industry several years ago in, in London, immediately after my master's degree in, in uh, international commercial law. So, um, I worked for, for uh, a, a Greek ship owner based in London for, for just over a year. And uh, I was headhunted to, to Argentina, where I was working for a then um, German recovery um, agency. So, I was there in Argentina for about three years, and then I moved to um, South Africa. Um, where I started my um, a company for the, the previous my previous employer, um, I was in South Africa for another three years, and then I realized that there was a need, um, at least in the African continent, for for things to be done differently. Um, so I, I resigned from my previous employer, and then Still Fresh was formed. So um, Still Fresh is um, like you said, we are a recovery company focused on Africa, even though we do have clients outside Africa, for example, in Germany um, and, and Brussels as well. But these are companies that are focused on doing business with or in Africa. Now, the, the transition from, from uh, my legal background to um, um, the insurtech space really is 
that over the years, I've built an intricate understanding of the recovery business. And um, I have realized that there are several um, um, pain points in this business that can be optimized. Um, from a very young age, I've always been interested in, in gadgets and electronics and things like that. So I always keep, an ear, um, keep my ear open um, in the, the, the tech industry to find out what is the new technology coming out and what are some of the things that are happening. And because of that, I was able to link um, um, the, the new innovations to the processes that are happening between an insurance company and a, and a shipping line. And that gave birth to, to Optimize as it is today. Um, so basically, it optimizes the processes that we are using in our industry. Um, um, so yeah, we, we are trying to disrupt ourselves, as it were. Absolutely. So, so Kingsley, just uh, just for a moment, you know, if you don't mind, let's let's dig a little bit and in, uh, deeper into specifically what the value proposition of Still Fresh is, um, and then you know from there, um, you know, I, I'd love to get into the details of the specifics around what Optimus is doing. So, so, so let, let let's talk about Still Fresh. You know, what what exactly is the value proposition of Still Fresh uh, Still Fresh Recoveries, and and what does that mean for the insurance industry? Okay, so the value proposition is simple. We are helping insurance companies to improve their bottom lines through um, recovery actions. Now, what that means to the layperson is um, once an insurance company pays out a claim, um, the rights um, of the, uh, um, um, the insured is transferred through the principal subrogation to an insurance company. Now, that eats away from the insurance company's um, profitability or their bottom line. So it makes sense for these insurance companies to identify um, the liable third party who caused the damage in the first place to um, recover whatever amount of money that they paid to their client from the liable third party. In this case, um, shipping lines. So if you were shipping your cargo, say, from, from Kenya to other parts of the world and your cargo arrived with damage, then your insurance company pays you out, then appoints us to go after the shipping line and recover whatever was paid to you. And that... It's a, it's a brief description of the the value proposition for insurance companies. Yeah, so 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 I absolutely get that. So so in essence, then um, it it feels like uh, with still fresh recoveries, you all are working in the subrogation space, right? For for the insurance organizations that's trying to recover um, sort of the the what they paid out based on the damage that that occurred to what was being transported from a marine perspective. Now, now, now thinking about that and then aligning it to what you all are doing with InsureTech um, with Optimus now. So, so, so let's talk about that. You know, um, you all have uh, designed this platform called Optimus. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd love to get a great understanding for myself and the audience around, uh, number one, what the value proposition for Optimus is. Um, and then also, you know, what's the underlying foundation of, uh, of why you all decided to create this platform uh, for the insurance space and then jump into the insure tech industry? Okay, so um, um, first of all, that, that is a really good question because it, it, it helps us in many ways in redefining or, or, or redesigning how we, we explain our business uh, um, value proposition to our clients. So um, um, regarding Still Fresh, I think that is clear. Um, what we do um, and, and how we help insurance companies to be more profitable. Now, um, over the years, in my personal experience working from, from London to Buenos Aires to Johannesburg, one thing has been common, and that is regardless of the insurance company or the shipping line that I've worked with. Um, so we've worked with companies like Maersk, CMSC, GM, um, MSC, um, Hapag Lloyd, and the rest. Um, one thing which is common amongst all these companies is that there are several um, manual steps that are followed um, before a claim is settled, settled and paid. 
Now, um, the process would look something like if an insurance company pays out a claim, the insurance company is going to collect the documents relating to that claim and then pass it over to um, either a recovery agent or a lawyer or perhaps their in-house recovery team to handle the recovery action against the shipping line. Now, we are going to study this document, form arguments based on the the applicable conventions, and then um, typically by email send this um, document to um, a carrier, so be it MERSC or CMACGM. Now, on the other side, with MERSC um, um, or CMACGM, as the case may be, uh, many of them have outsourced their claims handling teams to um, cheaper uh, uh, jurisdictions like like India. So what would happen is once a claim comes in, um, the teams would identify the, the, the most suitable claims handler to deal with that claim. And then the documents would be passed on to that person. The person would then um, analyze the claim, um, form an opinion on the claim, and then reply to us. Now, this the process that I've just described to you takes a very long time. Um, um, it takes somewhere between three to six months before um, a claim is settled. And in some cases, it goes as far up as, um, as a year. Now, what we do at Optimize is we have identified these um, um, processes or these touch points on both sides. So from the insurance um, um, point of view and also from the shipping lines point of view, we have identified the touch points and we have tried to um, build them onto our platform. Uh, so we are, in essence, connecting two industries in a very smart way. So we are using um, technologies like, like um, um, deep analytics, um, AI, machine learning, and more recently, we are making our system um, um, blockchain ready to be able to help us in, in optimizing the processes in both industries. You know, I, I think that makes sense, especially um, in regards to the the optimization of the process from one industry to the next. You know, as, as I look at the two industries and as you would try to figure out how they would fit together, um, they're from my perspective, what I see could potentially be a lot of inefficiencies in the way that they integrate and then communicate and uh, with each other, right? Um, so it sounds like what, what you all are doing with your platform is really creating um, an efficient and effective way uh, to, to have that integration and to make that communication occur. Um, so, so basically creating um, ease uh, between the, the two industries. Definitely. That, that is what we are doing. I, th- I think you've got it, um, um, you, you got it right. So so the, the, what the platform really do is it enhances, yes, the processes, it shortens um, the recovery life cycle, but more importantly, it increases the bottom line for both sides. So imagine that 70% or, or more of the cases that are being handled by shipping lines around the world are probably somewhere around um, 30,000 euros and below. So um, you get very qualified um, um, lawyers or claims handlers handling claims that are not really significant in terms of value, then we are making the argument that that is not an appropriate use of their time. So we are saying, let us um, um, automate all the processes for the simpler claims so that it gives you time to then handle the more complex claims. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and, and I think that's that's absolutely the way to go about that because I, I think when, when you're thinking about the lawyers, you know, those are what I would consider um, high value employees for an organization. So, you know, as they're focusing their time on things that might not be creating a significant amount of value, um, you know, the, the the return that you're getting on the time that they're investing probably could be spent better someplace else. That's going to be more, that's going to provide more value back out to the organization. So, so the view that you have in regards to, you know, taking that process and um, creating the efficiencies and optimizing the process in order to allow 
allow these employees to shift their attention to more high value beneficial um, things. I, I think that's uh, you know definitely a, a significant asset and value for for the insurance space. Now you know uh, Kingsley, you know you mentioned that. Uh, Part of the way that this technology is working, you guys are leveraging things like AI, machine learning, and those sorts of things. So, you know, if, if you don't mind, you know, talk to me about specifically how you're using those technologies um, as a part of the foundation of your platform. Okay, so um, um, the example that I always want to give is um, if you, if you, for example, were going to a market to buy and um, perhaps the shirt you're wearing at the moment, and you knew that the market rate for that shirt is somewhere around £100. And the seller on the other side knew also that the market rate for that shirt is somewhere around, say, £95 to £105. Now, what that means is that you guys are already very close to an understanding rather than someone coming in without any idea of what the market rate is. So what our system does, in essence, is that it tries to bring both sides to as close as possible to what the market rate is. So then, how do you determine what the market rate is? That is where um, artificial intelligence and, and deep analytics come into play. So we are basing um, um, on um, one existing da um, data, but also we are building new data as we go along. So with the data that we have, we'll then be able to analyze and benchmark what are some of the um, settlement um, levels of the various um, companies involved. Um, we are also leveraging um, 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 AI in terms of understanding recent case laws, um, what were the decisions based on and how can that be incorporated to the current case at hand? Absolutely. So, um, so, so Kingsley, you know, uh, you all are a part of um, InsureLab Germany. Um, and, you know, yes. InsureLab Germany, from my understanding, it's an accelerator that, that's helping uh, with mentorship and uh, really to hone in, you know, how uh, some of the, the concepts from those that are participating in the InsureLab, uh, you know, could um, really benefit and impact the insurance space. So, so you, know, you know, talk to me about, number one, what specifically InsureTap, uh, InsureLab Germany is and, and um, also, uh, you know, how you all are working on the proof of concept for Optimize through the partnerships with InsureLab Germany. Um, InsureLab Germany has been very instructive in taking our idea um, or taking our business from just an idea to, to um, almost a reality. So um, the original MVP that we have was built when, when um, things like, like blockchain or connected claims or claims transformation were not fashionable. So, so it has been existing for a while. But the difficulty that we had was um, being able to, to take it to market, being able to access um, large corporates that could um, find benefit in using our platform. So what InsureLab has done in essence is that it has connected us to um, key decision makers in companies like, like um, their insurer score, um, IBM, EY, um, KPMG, um, AXA, Zurich. So we are really now very exposed to companies that perhaps we probably wouldn't have been able to do so by ourselves. And, uh, and in terms of taking um, these ideas to market, um, the, uh, um, the initial of Germany created or assigned to, to the various um, um, insurtechs, mentors. Now, these mentors, um, um, in our case, which is um, SCORE, is helping us now to do um, POCs with some of their members. And, uh, and I think uh, um, um, for any startup, being able to do a POC with, with a big corporate is, is a big step in, you know, in moving your, your, your ideas to reality, I think. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think um, you know, uh, doing that POC with a, with a large organization, number one, it helps you to refine the concept that you all are working on, um, as well as get a, a really clear understanding of the implications of what you're doing to the industry that you're working in. So for you all, uh, the insurance industry and, and how your um, concept is going to play out um, for that industry in particular. Now, sure. you know, I, I, I think about you know the value of what you're getting from, uh, you know, mentoring with uh, a, a large insurance organization. Um, and, but then I, at the same time, I think about what you all are doing and how you uh, need to sort of hone in on the idea in order to continue to make it efficient um, and effective for the organizations that you're working with. Um, and a lot of that um, is predicated upon the data that you're collecting to, to help um, with the refinement process. Now, you know, for me, I, I always say that data in general, is really key to successfully understanding number one the customer journey, but then also um, you know synthesizing and operationalizing the data will drive efficiencies for those that that are using it. Now, I, I could imagine that with what you all are doing with. Um, your platform that not only are you collecting a lot of data, um, but but you're leveraging other technologies like AI and deep learning to to continue to refine what you all are, are, are doing from a from a process uh, perspective, as well as from a product perspective perspective. So, so, you know, if you don't mind, you know, just just talk to me um, about your thoughts around, you know, data being an asset and, and how you all are using that um, as as you're pushing forward with uh, both still fresh recoveries and optimize okay um, that, that is a very interesting question and and I think it is very relevant in our industry so think think about so so imagine that the the insurance industry as we know it today um, um, stems from basically um, shipping so so um, marine insurance is probably one of the oldest insurance uh, um, lines of business that existed for, for as long as we can remember now um, the interesting thing about this industry is not a lot has changed since it was um, um, when, since it was created, so you have um, um, practices like or, or like general average, which is something that was created um, when uh, technology and 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 the shipping industry didn't go hand in hand, um, but it is still in use today. Then you're talking about um, the 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 Marine Insurance Act 1906 that only just got um, amended in the UK and with many countries around the world still using that from 1906. So this is an industry that, um, um, in its nature, collects a, little, a lot of data, but that doesn't use it in the way that it should. So um, the, the value that we are bringing to the industry is that we are collecting this data and analyzing them in new ways in the, um, in the hope that we are going to, one, enhance our processes, but also create new types of opportunity that didn't exist before us. Absolutely. You know, so, 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 so Kingsley, um, you know, as... As I, I think about, you know, what you all are doing um, and so that this podcast just uh, it, it, it's really focused on, you know, um, some of the innovative things uh, like what you all are doing uh, for, for the insurance industry. Um, and then also, you know, as, as listeners are, are listening to this, you know, uh, they, they, they get a lot out of, OK, well, some of the things and some of the challenges that they can overcome in its own right. So, you know, as, as I think about what, what you all are doing, I could imagine that there are uh, probably been some times where you all faced challenges either getting uh, to understand the the benefits within the, the insurance industry you know working through um, uh, the uh, larger organizations and potentially the bureaucracy that comes with that or, or so on so so you know if, if you don't mind you know just talk to me a little bit about some of the challenges faced as you began to 
launch the idea for your startup? I mean, then how you overcame some of those challenges? Um, the, the, the first one I'd say is access. So, so like I said, our MVP was created um, quite a few years ago. Um, so, um, and the reason why we, we didn't take it to market is just because we didn't have the access and, 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 um, things are gradually changing with us being here at Inshallah, which has been um, very instructive in exposing us to the industry. So, um, yes, one of the main challenges is, is, is access, access to corporate access to the relevant, um, companies or persons that could make decisions on your, on the future of your startup. So, um, I, I'll give you an example, um, um, the, the, there was a time when we were talking to um, one of the um, um, the, the, the big um, companies in Germany that are working on blockchain. Now, um, we are building our platform to be blockchain ready. And it was very important for us to be able to understand how our system would connect to um, 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 the, the blockchain, at least that of the international trade. Now, fortunately for us, IBM forms part of um, InshaAllah Germany. And so it was easy for us now to get in touch with decision maker, makers at IBM who can then, in their part, connect us to decision makers at Musk, um, um, which for, 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 an, for a startup, that it doesn't form part of an accelerator. I think, as I suspect, that would be quite um, difficult to achieve. So, so um, besides the funding and 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 all that, that most startups would startups would would struggle with. I think I think the key one for us has been been access, which um, we are overcoming now. Uh, yeah, you know, access uh, it it absolutely is a is a challenge, and um, when you don't have the access, it, it becomes a little bit difficult to to do a, a formalized proof of concept that's going to help to persist uh, the 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 thought. Um, in regards to what you all are developing forward, so so you know, I I, com- I completely see you know how that can can be um, you know a, a significant challenge now. Besides the access, um, coming from from a, a small startup and talking to a corporate, I think the the way we communicate in or most startups would communicate is not the same like corporates will would do, and the way we would take decisions is not the same as corporates would do. So so one of the difficulties that we faced was being able to translate our value proposition to what corporates would really see value out of, and 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 again I think I think that is what um, um, the InshaAllah has been very instructive in doing. So communicating, helping us communicate our ideas to corporates in such a way that would would encourage them to to move quicker than they normally would have. Yeah, I, I and I, I think that's um, I think that's absolutely valid so you know i i got a you know even uh, some examples that that I've run into. So I, I do a lot of mentoring and advising for startups as well. And and um, as I look at startups that are hoping to partner with and to uh, work with some of these very large insurance organizations, what I recognize is even throughout things like the contracting process that the startups uh, that might only have a small let's say $10,000 contract with an insurance organization, they're being treated exactly the same as uh, an organization that might have a $2.5 million or so contract uh, with that insurance organization, right? You know, you know so, so I, what, what I see is that um, there creates an opportunity to, you know, really streamline uh, how organizations are, are partnering with startups um, um, in order to not only help them get integrated a little bit more quickly within that organization, but but for those um, organizations to, to gain the benefit of what that startup has to provide um, much more quickly and efficiently than they would have. You know, um, what, what I've seen, especially with those that I'm mentoring, is that, and you, and you know this, you know, uh, you, you yourself, is, um, you, you come from 
from a legal background, but a lot of these startups don't have the resources um, for, uh, you know, hiring the, the right legal resources and having the right legal minds on these things, right? So, so to treat them the same way that you would treat a large organization, for me, I think, uh, you know, is a miss for, for, for some of these um, insurance organizations that are hoping to partner with, with these startups. You know, so, um, and, and to me, I think that that um, in itself, you know, with these um, incumbents partnering with InsurTechs, uh, that's one opportunity uh, for the insurance industry just to, you know, to, to become a little bit better at, at how they engage startups now. Now, for just, just a question for you, you know, um, as you look into the industry itself, you know, what are some of the biggest challenges and opportunities um, you see that are faced by the insurance industry and incumbent carriers? Okay, so um, for as far as marine insurance goes, um, while it is very obscure to, to many who are outside the industry, um, once you're within the industry, you see how broad it is. Um, the areas where I see um, 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 significant changes coming, um, perhaps if they're not already here, is so from, from, from a carrier perspective, not, not an insurance carrier, but from a shipping line perspective, um, so contracts for the use of a vessel, um, which, which um, usually they would use charter parties and things like that, um, takes a lot of manual process for the, for the contract to be finalized. Um, I think th there's, there's opportunity there for, for something to be done in terms of optimizing and, and making the process simpler. Um, also, um, the, the principle of general average, which I told you um, a while ago, um, which has existed since um, shipping line existed, um, I think that that is an area where, where um, um, startups could look at in terms of um, changing the way or at least improving the way general average claims are being handled. So general average would relate to, say, say for example, um, a vessel that runs aground somewhere or perhaps um, catches fire and all the 20,000-odd containers are affected. Um, you need an adjuster to, to go on board and then look at all those containers, communicate with all the 20,000-odd um, 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 cargo owners, and then try to come up with an agreement that would be suitable for all those involved, as, as it were. So the, it is a, it's a real time-consuming process. Uh, sometimes it could last five years, even 10 years, before a general average um, um, comes to a, a conclusion. So I think... Um, um, Things that there are certain things that can be done in that area, and if it is, if those areas are optimized, then um, it creates opportunity for insurance companies to look at these risks in a different way. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, and uh, just just thinking about that, I I think um, you know when you go into a, a traditional carrier, it's it's challenging for. Uh, uh, individuals within traditional carriers to see those areas of opportunities, right? And, and, and for me, I think that's where the benefit of working with and partnering with insurtechs like yours um, provide such significant value for some of these uh, for, for some of these carriers because you all are coming in with a completely fresh and a completely different view as to how to solve the job that needs to be done um, in regards to what these carriers are, are, are hoping to do um, whether it's uh, within the specific carrier or the industries that they're providing coverage for so 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 to me you know I, I see that as a huge benefit of carriers you know instead of leveraging their their um, their subject matter expertise which may not be looking at the, the problem in the same way um, as a way to get some uh, significant value and benefit through partnering and working with 
organizations like yours. You know, you know, so I, I and, and to me, that really hones in on what drives true innovation, um, you know, within some of these organizations in areas that they may not be able to, to clearly see the opportunities. You know, so um, f- from your perspective, Kingsley, you know, what, what what do you see as, you know, driving your view of innovation and how do you maintain that culture of innovation as you're continuing to uh, refine and create um, a product uh, that's so beneficial for the insurance industry we, we this 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 is how we we, we see innovation and, and i think um, and the way we see it is is not new um, i mean lecturers at mit have spoken extensively on this um, um it, it is basically invention um, um and 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 commercialization of ideas so so um, it, it is all well and good to have a good idea um, but if you can't take it to market, then what is the value of that idea? Um, so one one thing that we we try to do, and I think we do very well um, um, at Still Fresh or Optimus, is um, collaboration. So I, I don't come from the tech industry, um, but I'm very aware of what is happening in the tech industry. So the first thing that we did um, in, in order to help us take our market to industry to to the market is, or oh, sorry, to take our product to the market is to to identify. Um, 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 people outside our industry who are brilliant in what they do and then connect with them. And and the first step for, for, for me was to get a co-founder who is not from the industry but who is brilliant at uh, business transformation. And he has been very instructive um, in moving us from where we were to where we are today. Um, um, in, in ensuring that we remain um, um, innovative um, across our companies is um, what we're doing is we 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 are giving our, our staff the opportunity to, to one, um, um, interact with other people from outside the industry. Um, we are exposing them to, to new ideas and, and, and we are entertaining every question that they may have or ideas that they may have in terms of how do we get, make our, our value proposition even better for our clients. So, so um, um, giving that open or creating that open space for discussion, I think is going to keep us um, um, on our toes in terms of uh, thinking on how to be um, um, a better service provider to our clients. Um, but, but, but generally, uh, I think just like, like um, um, Zuckerberg once, once said that if, if you don't, if, if Facebook doesn't, doesn't um, um, create a thing that will kill um, itself, then someone else will. And, uh, and we see a lot of noise in the transport industry. We see um, um, blockchain happening. We see, um, well, there's blockchain with IBM and then there's one with EY and, 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 and a host of other insurance companies. And, and the, the, the shift is coming, right? So um, um, now it is a question for us to ask ourselves if we want to be a part of that shift or we, if we want to um, get blown away by the shift. And we have chosen to, to be part of the shift. And that is why we are disrupting ourselves. Um, um, if you don't do it, someone else will. Absolutely. I, and I, I wholeheartedly believe in that. You know, um, what, I, what I always do and uh, what I try to get my team to do is, is to think about, you know, what disruptive, whether it's technologies, business models, what are some of the disruptive things that may wind up putting us out of business in one, two and five years? Right. And, and in essence, you know, um, I, I try to get us to really think about, you know, what, what's going to kill us, because then those are the things that we should be protecting ourselves against um, using uh, at its foundationally uh, at its foundation, um, you know, making sure that we're enabling the customer and what the customer expectations are. You know, so I, I 
think that, you know, looking into the future and just trying to figure out what's going to drive you out of business is really key to to successfully um, innovating. Right. You know, so so Kingsley, you know, uh, one of the questions that I always ask those that come on this podcast is, uh, you know, just to, to make this tangible for those that are listening is if there's um, a piece of advice that you could give to the listeners to stay innovative within their roles um, and then also to change doing the status quo um, in order to provide you know a significant amount of value back out to their organizations what advice would you give the listener um, to, to take that path so um, I, I hesitate to answer that question and the reason I do is because um, I, I don't think I'm suitable suitably qualified um, I don't have the the experience nor the expertise to, to um, advise other startups in, in essence, I am in the same situation as they are. But, but one thing I can do is to share my experience. So in my experience, um, what, what I've seen so far is that the key for me has been an ability to, to collaborate, to collaborate with the outside world, to collaborate with those that are not from within your industry. You'll be surprised at how much there is out there that can be transferable, perhaps tweaked here and there, but transferable to your industry. So for me, it's collaboration all the way. Um, oh, one, one other thing is, is being aware. Um, awareness is, is something that really helped us to get us from where we were to where we are today, being aware, not just on the existing technologies, but being aware intricately of, of your business processes, of the pain points of the businesses or the industries in which you find yourself. I think those, those two, two, two things all have been very um, instructive in moving us forward. Absolutely. You know, so uh, so just 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 before we close out, you know, um, what do you think is going to be on the horizon for both uh, Still Fresh Recovery and, and then also Optimize? So um, Still Fresh as we are today, we are the go to recovery agency for Africa. So um, we, we are based in, in Cameroon, um, Kenya, South Africa. And so we, we've got clients um, in Europe, all over Europe as well, those who are doing um, um, business in Africa. So, so for us, as far as Steel Fresh goes, we we uh, are improving or increasing um, 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 our client base in Europe, which is very important for us. Um, but we remain focused on the African continent for so long. Africa has been um, um, the dark continent where nothing works, and we, from in our own little way, are trying to change that. Um, we are trying to be the company that can service international players at the the quality level that they are used to. Um, and then open them up to a new kind of Africa, not one which is, is plagued with, with um, 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 unfortunate events, but one which, you, you know, you have experts who are equally as, as capable as those in, in other parts of the world. For, for Optimus, um, what we are doing or the future for us would be really first um, to get our product out to the market, to get um, 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 to conclude the terms of our POC and to get that underway. Um, um, and then, yeah, uh, um, disrupt the industry, the very niche industry in which we find ourselves. Um, but we have a lot of um, um, things planned for Optimus, which unfortunately I cannot share at the moment. But there are exciting things on the way for us. Absolutely. You know, so so Kingsley, um, you know, I, I want to say thank you for taking time today to talk to me about what you all are doing with uh, Still Fresh Recovery you know, and also with Optimize. And, uh, you know, if uh, if there's any listener out there that wanted to learn more about yourself or what your organization is doing, you know, what's the best way for them to learn um, and then also to get in contact with you all? Um, I, I think the, the, the best way would probably be through our website or, or, or uh, maybe LinkedIn. If you want to get in, in touch with me personally, then 
then LinkedIn would be ideal. Um, you just search my name there, it's going to come up. If you want to get in touch with, with the company, um, um, you stillfresh.co.uk, stillfresh is one L and, and one word. So it's S-T-I-L-F-R-E-S-H.co.uk. Um, then um, Optimus is, is um, 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 optimus.claims. Um, so O-P-T-I-M-I-Z dot claims. Um, that will take you to um, the Optimize page. Um, and then uh, one thing that we are doing um, on the African continent, uh, um, which stems from my history with the industry, is um, we are trying to expose um, the African youth to um, the possibilities in international trade. Um, as such, we created a, a foundation um, called Still Fresh Foundation, which is, can be found at stillfreshfoundation.org. And basically what we do there is we are creating short courses um, 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 designed for the African continent um, to attract more talent to the industry, but also to expose um, 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 youth on the African continent. I hold the belief that the only difference between the African youth and those from around the world is exposure. And that's what we are trying to do. I, I absolutely agree with that, by the way, um, in regards to, uh, you know, African youth in regards to youth in, in other places around the world um, that might not have that exposure to different things. Um, and so so I, I think that is, uh, you know, definitely a great thing that your organization is doing. So, so you know, once again, Kingsley, I, I do want to say thank you. I truly appreciate it. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to continuing to follow what you all are doing in this space. No, thank you very much, Evo. I, I think you're doing a, a fantastic job. Um, and um, um, please keep doing that and throwing more light in what smaller companies like ourselves are doing. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast. I truly appreciate all of you that are listening to this podcast and that's been telling me about the amount of value that you've been getting from it. So, you know, uh, thank you. And, uh, you know, just tune in over the next couple of weeks as we have guests from all around the world that's going to be talking about the innovations that's happening across the globe. See you next week.